Today's episode is brought to you by DNA Sports Training. If you or someone you know wants to take their game to the next level, then hit up DNA Sports Training. Visit dnasportsdenver.com to book a training session. We offer specialized sports training from football to track and field and everything else in between. Whether you're an offensive or defense alignment wanting to get better off the ball or you are an athlete wanting to improve your speed and agility, we have something for you over at DNA. Visit dnasportsdenver.com now and sign up. Yeah. Yo. Back at it again for another one of those another ones. Another one. <laughs> we, we need Khaled's voice right there. Another yeah, one. I'm about to sample it. We'll get that sample, <laughs> bro. We'll be good. Khaled be cool with that, right? Yeah. Like officially sponsored by DJ Khaled. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get that DNA money rolling in. What up, brother? What up, man? Coach Dom here with my partner, Coach Al. What's going on, everybody? much man make sure before we get started make sure you will all go check out dnasportsdenver.com right now get some merch book a session drop a mail bay question or just check out the website in general man show us some love we're here to show y'all love so show us some love right back as always dnasportsdenver.com forward slash ask dna if you want to get part of the program uh jump on and give us uh give us some comments on what you want to hear questions you want to ask um it's always open open forum here man we love to hear back from you guys um got a great show in tap for today i mean hitting a lot of stuff um you know spring season's here we've got uh some information on ryan garcia take davis fight yeah. um billboard uh we attacked that billboard top 50 rappers which got don boiled over here before we getting going um reaction to the nuggets reaction to john morant uh we got a lot going on so we appreciate you for tuning in as usual uh find us dna sports denver.com find us on instagram facebook uh, YouTube. If there was a MySpace still, we'd be on MySpace. I think there still is, but I don't think anyone's going there. But <laughs> instead of being on MySpace, we're trying to be on your space. So make sure you check out dnasportsdenver.com so we could be all up in that. You see how Coach Dom do it? He, he's almost he's almost just like professional here. He's almost, almost. A professional. Slightly getting We're there. getting there, man. We're getting there. We're growing. You got to crawl before you walk. We're you not just I mean? going through it. We're growing through it, as That's Coach right. Dom let us say. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Yo, man, it's, it was a great night of UFC last night. I don't know how much you caught of that. Um, um, you know, <laughs> I had every intention of watching the whole entire thing, but to be real, I think I probably only got through the first fight before I fell asleep. Oh, my I'm God. old, Coach. Coach Dom over here falling asleep. This is what he, he just he, What's going on, man? Well, you know, the family. We were chilling. Oh, you going to blame the family? Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I had me a, a, a nice cerveza, you know what I mean? And, and Just a cerveza? Just one before they wanted to leave and go get ice cream. And then I had some ice cream, and that just put me on Mimi time, bro. Didn't have another brew, and I passed out. It's hard for me to mix sweet with with liquor. I should have never drinking. did it. Like I, it makes me not want to drink. We um, we had these uh, 
you ever see this the root beer is called it's not your daddy's not your granddaddy's root beer or something like that it's nah. like it's alcoholic root beer oh for so real? it's got some it's got some alcohol in it and uh we had root beer floats outside of uh out in the parking lot for a baseball for one of my my oldest son's baseball games back in the day and man, allegedly I, uh, dude i can't do uh, it's hard for me to mix sweet that's i don't I, I'm so grown now. I just drink my liquor straight because yeah. it's hard to mix like Anything. sweet things in with, with unless I'm sipping like a cold daiquiri in the sun or something like that. And even that, like I, I've done the yardstick in Vegas, the three yardstick in Vegas. You know where you're walking around, you put a freaking uh, strap on this thing so you can carry it around the strip. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid, but uh, you know the big ass uh, frozen daiquiri things you get in Vegas, man. And I drink one of those, dude, and I feel like. The next morning, I think the sugar is more of a problem than the than the actual alcohol is. Yeah, it reminds me of when I was making my own drinks one time and had a little more grenadine than alcohol. <laughs> I probably almost went into diabetic shock. You ever have a candy Coronas? No. So it's like uh, it's a Corona with a little bit of grenadine in it. It, mm. it actually tastes pretty good. My homie Cam, shout out to my homie Cam's. Uh, my homie Cam's turned me on to that stuff. Dude. Like huh. they're actually not bad. So like back in the day, if you was you know partying with the ladies or whatever, and you know sometimes the ladies don't want to drink beer. They <laughs> sweeten it up. Here you go, girl. Here you go, girl. I got you. And let's say from the hood, then they drinking forties and burping in your face like uh, better than you can, you know. Hey. But nah, like a cherry skunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, candy Coronas, they're all right, man. You know, yeah. you do what you got to do sometimes. Um, dude, spring seat, spring's here. Like, we're literally almost like a week, two weeks away from spring yeah. being official. And um, I just started track and field with, with over at North. And, you know, you've got all the all the spring sports going on. Yeah. You know, spring training starting up for the Rockies. And they're already the Rockies. So, you know, we'll spend little time on that. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's that time of year, man. It's kind of, kind of exciting. Grass is going to start turning green and yeah. trees are going to start blooming. Uh-oh. Yeah, man, we're just wrapping up for for me. We're just wrapping up wrestling and basketball for my kids. Um, we have you know another week of basketball, the final stretch to the championship, um, and hopefully we get it done. You know, but both years have been successful. My son, you know, just killed it in wrestling first year, placed in every single tournament he's been in. Shout out to um, DJ, boy. you know, just to the WSWL rookie, ninety to one twenty five. 8U champion. Nice. Um, you know, he did his thing, bro, and he owes it to his coaches. You know, all the coaches over at North High School just, they put in a lot of time with these kids, and they teach them more than just how to be a great athlete, yeah. you know, and and how to really want something and apply themselves. And, and you know, I couldn't be more appreciative. And, and based off of this year's success, I don't see anybody else ever coaching my son in wrestling. So, yeah. you know, um, shout out to all of them, every single one of them. There's far too many to mention. Um, but two of the main ones, you know, Coach Sess and Coach Zach, you know, they're holding it down. Um, that family, you know, shout out to, to Coach Zach's pops, yeah. you know, at all these tournaments, pulling my son to the side and, and giving his input on how he trained and and coached his boys growing up and how he was coached you know what i mean so like get a little bit of old school flavor in there you know so shout out to all that it's been great um nba playoffs man are heating up yeah man and you know before before just want to give a shout out to that program because uh it's crazy that program's been going for there's been a couple a a few different coaches over the years over the last 10 15 years or whatever but that program's been running solid man so shout out to all them guys pete ozak all them guys man it's it's great to see that they're what they do for them kids and a lot of state uh in the high school this year there's a lot of state placers 
qualifiers yeah. that come from that program. Whether and it's not just they don't they don't all, all end up at North High School, but they come from that program. So shout out to to them boys that put that work in for that. Yeah, man, you you uh, you mentioned it, dude. There's a lot of stuff coming up. NBA playoffs. Um, we're getting to that home stretch in both the NBA and the and the NHL, and you know the Avalanche and the Nuggets seem to be hitting their stride, which I'm very very excited for. Um, despite all the craziness in the Western Conference of, of, of the NBA, you know, with um, everyone kind of tooling up and, you know, the Lakers thought they were going to make this run and then LeBron gets hurt, you know, and AD's out here and there. So it's kind of rough for them guys. Phoenix looked good yesterday. Um, they, they're starting to come into their own. Uh, Dallas has looked horrible. They haven't looked great, you know, and, 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 and I find it interesting that uh, the Clippers, you know, they're they're starting to – to just slide. Yeah, see, but Dallas, man, for me, I question if they're all of a sudden sleeper. Right now, they're sitting at the sixth seed, right? But with the addition that they just had with Kyrie, I think him and Luka combined the other day for 80-something points. Yeah, that was probably their best game that they've had together. They yeah. haven't played a lot together yet. If, But my thing is, if that, if they can figure out how to – keep that consistent they can be very dangerous you know and of course that's two players if in either one of those go down we're looking at the same dallas team yeah but i think i think the most important part right now for like dallas and phoenix is they figure out how to play with each other before they get to the playoffs and if they do that they become very formidable and dangerous in the playoffs but don't look now you've got golden state Mm. who've just they went five and oh on a homestand they've won five straight um, they're they're sitting there now at the fifth seed after dangling in the uh, playing you know playing pool for the most of the season. They're starting to get a little bit healthy. That's a scary team. It is um, always yeah right. That's like that's like letting Brady in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know it, it comes a certain time, and you see used to see it with the Yankees. You mentioned Brady and the Patriots. You see it with certain teams, the Chiefs. Like you know what we'll go we'll go through the motions during the regular season. Make sure that we do what we have to do to get. You know the spot win our division, right? And then when the playoffs come, it's a whole different animal. I mean, Golden State did it last year. They, they, I think the the playoffs was the first time that Clay, Draymond, and Steph and Steph had played together all season. So, you know, I'm not surprised to see uh, Golden State making that push. I am surprised to see the Clippers falling out of things. They actually like flip flop with Golden State in terms of positioning. I think at the trade deadline, the Clippers were were fourth or fifth in the in the in the NBA West. And since adding the additions they added with Bones Highland, uh, Plumlee, bringing in Russell Westbrook, they've actually they've actually been on a little bit of a of a losing streak and just uh, you know a slide. They've lost five straight. They're three and seven in their last ten. So um, they're kind of moving the wrong direction. I mentioned the Lakers earlier. You know, is it because they took X Nuggets? I think, man, there's something about chemistry, bro. Nah. Hey, you know what's crazy? Though also the playoffs are heating up, right? But the number two team in the West right now has a lot going on around them, bro. Yeah, dude. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up, but I was waiting for you to <laughs> soften the blow. John Morant, man. I don't I don't know. Uh, you know, Memphis Grizzlies, they've they haven't done so well since you know, over the last couple of weeks, since right before the, the, the all-star break, they're kind of having their own little slide. They were, man, they were right up there, like one game behind the Nugs and, and, and whatnot in that in that Western Conference. And that's now it's the Nuggets that put on the six-game uh, lead on them. They beat them the other night. Um, John Morant went to the club and, 
you know, was uh, I hate to say allegedly because the, the, the picture shows it all. Yeah. But was it shown was was live streaming on Instagram with a pistol in the club. And uh, man, just when you think this guy can't do anything more dumb, he goes and does this. And he's he's you know, we kind of talked about it and we'll talk about it now. He's had a lot of stuff going on around him over the last month, month and a half. Um, that's starting to come to light that really is is starting to put some pause on on not only the Memphis Grizzly organization but also the NBA and wondering is this somebody that they can use to market their brand exactly and and you know he's he's doing a lot of damage to himself really is it's you know he's self-destructing um kind of in the likes of you know uh of of former athletes that we've seen in the past, you know, Damon Arnett, um, Maurice Claret, you know, you just come to think of guys like that who've had all the opportunity in front of them, yep. but decide to allow their past to continue to pull them back into it, you know, and, and, you know, I don't get the whole, this is who I am. So I, I just don't get it, man. Like you're a professional athlete, bro. Like yeah. you've worked hard to get to where you want to be in life and you're throwing it all the way because you want to be put on this persona of who you are. You know what I mean? Like, and and you're giving yourself a, a, a horrible name. I don't know that jaw came out the gutter, you know? I yeah. mean, there's all this eight mile stuff coming up on him. Now, have you seen all these, all these uh, memes and videos on, on, uh, on Instagram and on Twitter about like comparing him to uh old boy from eight mile. What's his name? Um, the, uh, Cheddar Bob? No, the dude that uh, pop smoke. Oh, and so in in it, 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 you know, he's you know he's got you know his name's Clarence or his yeah. name's Tamaris and yeah. he lives at home with both parents and this, so they're clowning him, man, because he 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 seems to come from a a solid background in terms of having his family there, having you know having the support that he needs to have, and you know I don't know what his what his social life was like back in the day, you know, in his hometown or whatever. If he comes from you know from the streets, and sometimes people. You know, they they chase that that limelight, that clout, and and want to be something that they're really not, and they want to put off this image. And I just don't get it, man. Like you, uh, you're about to start next year. I think he starts like a two hundred million dollar contract. He's one of the bright bright stars of the NBA, like potentially the future of the NBA. One of the closest things I've seen to AI since AI. And uh, you know he's 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 throwing it all away, like you said, trying to to follow this this path or be, lead down this path of just of street life bro of, of being that dude and, and wanting to be king vaughn you yeah. know what i'm saying like and, and not to mention it's completely selfish bro like your team right now right it's a team sport at the end yep. of the day and yep. your team is number two in the western conference in the heat of things you know vying for a good spot in the playoffs and you go and do something stupid like this right before they have to play the Clippers and the Lakers, and now you're suspended for those two games. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you lose to both those teams, that's very impactful in your playoff push. Those are two Western Conference teams, the Clippers being one that's right on that tail and, and, and ready to compete and really, you know, if you lose to the Lakers at this point, <laughs> like, that's bad, bro. Like The number two seed's an important seed, bro, I think, in the, in the Western Conference, but especially as, as as stacked as the Western Conference is. Um, it keeps you away from, you know, playing a really hot playing, league, playing game team or, you know, getting caught up in, like, a, uh, you know, number three or number six seed, right? The way they're falling, they're only a game and a half up on, 
on Sacramento for the two seed. It looks like they're four games up on Phoenix for the uh, four seed, and then five up on on Golden State and six up on Dallas to round out the, the six. So, you know, I see two games going to L.A., they lose to the Clippers. They lose to the Lakers. That's now they're sliding down further. Now you're in. You're 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 playing for a four, five, or six seed. Who knows how long Morant's actually going to be out? If it's going to be longer than the two games, who you know? Last year they did really well when John Morant was hurt and injured, and they played very well and they maintained their their uh, you know their standing. I don't know that they're. Are they going to play the same while it being a distraction, knowing that he's not hurt, knowing that he's just out here doing dumb shit? Um, hopefully that you know, hopefully for them that team can keep it together. But that's a lot of distraction. That's a lot of noise going around the team to kind of you know to at some point you get tired of answering them questions. Well, yeah, and the two games that he's out, bro. Like you said it earlier, the Clippers are kind of you know trying to figure things out themselves. Are kind of reeling a little bit, and the Lakers just lost. LeBron, yep. you know what I'm saying. These are two teams that are are arguably still in the hunt themselves. Essentially, number seven seed is the Clippers, and the the Lakers are sitting at number eleven, outside looking in still. Yeah, but it's still enough time to where teams can, you know, win a few games and make yeah. a little uh, stretch and get themselves back in that hunt. And those are two teams that you don't want to. To lose to right now Because well, they have a reason to win And that's two teams That you can put distance Between yourself and them In the yeah. standings And further solidify your spot And where you're at And not to have your best player And I still think Like I still think Memphis Has a good shot against the Lakers Without John Morant And I still think They have a, a really good shot Against the Clippers Especially when the Clippers are playing Without John Morant right now Right But that's an opportunity To put some distance Between yourself And the teams that are below you In the standings mm-hmm. And you don't have your best player To do that You don't have your best shot To do that Which means it's it's not as likely as it was before, and you gotta you gotta keep this in mind as you come down into March and April. These these wins and losses become a little bit bigger. They become a little bit more important. There's less games. There's just over 20 games left in the season to play. So you know you get to a point where you can't afford this kind of stuff, and it's kind of you know it's it's. And we were talking about before we started. We're wondering is this just the beginning? Because back in I think what was it January. Um, the NBA investigated John Morant and his his buddies because following a game between the Pacers, yeah, um, they their Pacers alleged that members of of John Morant's crew, you know, aggressively confronted members of the Pacers traveling party near the team's bus. Uh, outside the stadium and uh, led someone in a slow-moving SUV, which Morant was riding in, trained a red laser on them. Now, you know, they sell laser pointers and things like that, so, you know, it could have been just a laser pointer. Yeah. But I also know lasers come on pistols. And yeah. you you got somebody that's trying to live that lifestyle and act hard, and then you've got lasers being pointed and so nba you know investigated the pacer security investigated and it led to one of john morant's buddies being banned from the stadium for a year so yeah. like you know there's something there where there's smoke there's fire and then well, and, and it comes down to like the whole Brittany griner thing right like you are who you are so you need to put yourself in certain situations and not be doing certain things allegedly you know 
whatever happened, we're not going to speak on what happened too much, but, you know, you're in a situation, you're an NBA star, bro, and you're doing these childish teenage games that are going to get you in the hot seat. And yeah. now, you know, you got one thing after another, and it's almost a domino effect. And, you know, hopefully him being suspended is is for him the straw that broke the camel's back, and he's going to realize, like, look, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm BSing out here. I got to get my shit together because I – I can't be doing this. I'm going to lose everything that I've worked for. You know what I mean? Everybody that looks up to me, that counts on me, there's no longer going to be any of that if I continue to be this immature athlete out here, you know, not not setting the right example. So hopefully he gets that figured out, man, because. Well, you have the the riding an SUV with the laser train, which one staff member of the Pacers believed to be attached to a gun. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got the stuff that he did early Saturday morning flashing the gun in the club, and this is on the heels of being sued, him and his associate being sued by a teenager uh, for allegedly beating up that 17-year-old teenager at 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 a game at his house. Yeah. Um, and then reportedly flashing a gun after. Yeah, man, it's a it's an ugly spiral that yeah. is on right now. And and again, I brought up a few names earlier, and I hope that that he can, you know, figure it out before he's another one of those yeah. athletes that we talk about. You know, could have been. Yeah. Could have been the next AI. Yeah. You know, could have did this. Could have done that. Could have been the next big star in the NBA, but instead. You know, he's changing in his uniform for a different uniform because he's doing stupid shit. In these instances with the guns, I mean, I know I'm going to get pushed back from certain people that I know that listen to the show. And it's like, well, he, you know, he has a right to own that gun, this and that. And you're right. He does have a right to own that gun, but he also has a responsibility to own that gun uh, responsibly and legally and to do it the right way and flashing guns at, at opposite teams and beating up kids and being in the club with a gun. That's not the responsible way to do things. Mm-hmm. And you're in, and you're just not only are you giving a bad example for these young kids that look up to you and want to follow you and want to be like you, you're leading them astray, but you're also like, you're also giving light to, to other people talking about, yo, you, you shouldn't be doing stupid shit like that. Let's get rid of it all. You yeah. know? Yeah. That's why, that's why it's harder for people who do, have firearms responsibly, you know what I mean? Because then you're going to have people coming and attacking, trying to take everybody's firearms away because one person doesn't know how to act responsibly. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you're right, man. Especially, like, when it's a superstar. Like, when a superstar Mm -hmm. does some stupid shit, everybody's like, oh, my God, he has so much influence on people, which is true. They They do. They have a lot of influence on people, and they influence a lot of kids and a lot of older folk, you know. A lot of people look up to these guys, and so it, it, I'm not denying that part of it. It's just frustrating, man. Like, you know, you're you've made it, you've made it, dude. Yeah. You're, you got a 200 million dollar contract that kicks in next year. You've made it. Yeah. Get out the gutter and stop doing stupid shit. Start yeah, living man. your life like you've made it. Yeah. Hey, before we get to this next topic though, and, and get off this this drama stuff, let's talk a little bit more about the playoffs. I want to talk about the Eastern Conference a little bit. We didn't touch too much on that, but man, that's a lot tighter of a race. You know, you got the Bucks and the Celtics. Yeah, they're going at it right now for that number one seed, bro. The Celtics right now are a half game behind. Um, then you got the Seventy Sixers who are probably going to make a push with their additions. Well, you know the Seventy Sixers I mean? just snapped the Bucks. Uh, I think the Bucks had like a, like a fourteen game winning streak or something like that, and the Seventy Sixers just snapped it. Exactly. So. Like, the Eastern Conference, you know, owes just as much conversation because the Eastern Conference has a lot of talent in it. When you look at the top seven teams, bro, 
majority of those teams at any given time could get hot mm. and, and do some things. Even the the Knicks who have been like Yo, I'm impressed with with what the Nets have done, considering they traded away their yeah. they traded away Kyrie, they traded away K D and they're still doing they're it. still holding it down. I mean, uh, you know, they're they may fall into that play in you know, I, the Heat. I can see the Heat doing, you know, being veteran team coming up, coming on down the stretch and, mm-hmm. and overtaking that sixth spot. Um, Milwaukee's legit. Yeah, the, the Greek freak dude, Giannis, dude. He's he's and so I was thinking about this yesterday because everyone wants to argue Embiid, Jokic. You know, my cousin does. I do. We all do. I, yeah, cause, no one cause, ever gives Giannis. But Giannis, bro, Giannis is probably the, in, in my opinion, over the last five years, is probably the best player in the NBA. By far. And, you know, it's hard for me to say that about Nikola because I think he, right now he's the best player this year. He's the best player. But he's not what, what Giannis has done over the last five years, Giannis, Gian, Giannis got two, uh, two MVPs in a ring over the last five years. Yeah, and, and that's hard to hard to top. And plus, he plays a position. I mean, he he can play the five or the four, and he scores like a three, moves like a two. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's just he's just a, an athletic freak, man. The whole family is ridiculous. Really. Yeah. Um, have you seen? I think we talked about this a while ago when we when we brought up Giannis. But did you ever watch Rise? No, I've been meaning to though because you did tell me about right. that. Yeah, you that, because it it's like man. a documentary of the whole fam, right? Yeah, it's a good, good, good show. I think it's on Disney Plus or whatever, but it's a really good show. Giannis, he's a freak for sure. And we didn't even mention like the Celtics are the defending Eastern Conference champions. Nope. They they've they've been steadily just playing the same you know consistent level of basketball over the last freaking three or four months, and you know so yeah, I think you're right. The East is is going to be tough. There's nothing like that gauntlet in the West, even though it doesn't seem as daunting as it is in years past. You're starting to see them same old, same old starting to raise their head again and be like, yo, you're going to have to go through us too. The thing that scares me, right, the Nuggets going to be the one seed. They're going to play the number eight seed, right? Yeah. It could be Utah. It could be New Orleans at this point. Yeah. The thing that scares me is that next round, if Phoenix, right now Phoenix and Golden State are 4-5, so you're gonna get one of them teams bounced. Yeah, that's good. But the bad part you is see? you're gonna have to see yep. a hot team who bounced a really good team. You're gonna have to be trout. And but but I wouldn't have it any other way for the Nuggets though. So who would you rather see? Phoenix. You would rather see Phoenix because they still so. got to figure it out. They still got to gel. Uh, Aiton does create some problems for Jokic down low. Um, I think Golden State, the way they move the ball, the way they shoot. They exposed our perimeter defense last year, and I don't mm-hmm. necessarily want to see that again. So I'd, I would rather have Phoenix be, do that. I think Michael Porter Jr. is a much better basketball player this year. Yeah. Over the last two months, the way he's been playing is phenomenal. He's been more efficient. He's been attacking the basket. I think we, I think we, stand, a, I think we stand a good chance against either team this year, to be honest with you. We just need the Warriors to slide a little bit. Get I just, them out of there. Dude, there's, we talked about it earlier. There's something about that championship pedigree. Yeah. There's something about four or five rings sitting on your bench, having done this before, having gone through it before. Uh, Draymond Green poses a, a bunch of problems down low. You know, it's not going to be easy regardless of who the Nuggets play. Let's be real. It's mm-hmm. not going to be easy. But – I think this year this team seems poised to do something special. And honestly, if they don't, you know, then it starts raising questions about who's leading the the show and who's running the the program. Uh, Mike Malone, I like Mike Malone a lot, and I hope that that doesn't come up. But, you know, you're going to get those questions if they can't get through 
to the at least the Western Conference Finals. You know, they should the way they've the way they've played this year and and the way the level that Jokic has played at this year, they should be make it to the NBA Finals. Yeah, but especially if they if they clinch the number one seed and have bro, have that home. They've had the court, best home know? court all year long too, bro. I think they've only got four losses at home. What are what are your thoughts on the uh, the play in tournament? Aspect of the NBA, like, are you a fan or are you? Not it was a, fan? a way to get the Lakers into the NBA playoffs back in the bubble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey. a, shout out to my there boy Antonio. That's definitely a theory of his, and I can't say it's it's wrong. Yeah, I mean, they straight for it. They won the title that year in the bubble, and they wouldn't have been there if it had not been for the playoff, the play-in uh, structure of the, of of the NBA uh, playoffs. Um, I, I'm mixed about it because if you look at nine and ten right now in the Western Conference, they're sub 500 teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at the Eastern Conference, and you look Raptors. at nine and ten, they're sub 500 teams. Like yeah. in my opinion, man, if you can't win half of your games, you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. Yeah, you know, and um, you know anything can happen on any given night, and so. You know, Toronto, Washington, they'll kind of, you know, 9 and 10, they'll, they'll watch each other out in that first game, and then they play the, the loser of the 7-8 game, right? Well, who's to say that something wild doesn't happen in that game and they make it in, you know? And I, I don't know, man. I, I just feel it, it kind of it undercuts a, a season's long work, but I also get it in terms of not wanting teams to tank. You give teams – like these sub-500 teams, you give them something to play for so they don't just go into the tank right away and start losing games on purpose. Yeah, but, you know, even if they do win, being that the Nuggets have that current number one seed, it would be nice to play a subpar uh, team I mean, first round of the playoffs. I'm, I'm with playing any one of those four teams. Yeah. You know, Minnesota, the Clippers, the Jazz, and the Pelicans. There's not a team on there that scares me. I think we've won something like 12 of the last like 14 or something like that against the Clippers. Something ridiculous. Since since we since we were down 3-1 in the playoffs to them, we've been kicking their ass. So yeah. I'm not I'm not worried about them, man. To be honest with you, they got Paul George on their team that can't win in the playoffs and you know, Russell Westbrook who big question mark. You know, so I don't worry about them so much, but yeah, I want to. I want to. You know what? I want a dog in that first round. Yeah, just so that we can be battle tested and ready and awake. Because I know when we get to that four or five matchup, whoever wins that one, I know when we get there, it's going to be some. It's going to be some battles. Because even like, dude, like even if Dallas moves up into that four or five, like the the teams you got from one to six are solid teams. And Sacramento's kind of the only team I'm not sure about in that in that in that bunch of six. But you still got some solid teams, and you got to you got to do your thing regardless. You know, once you get there. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, but let's not skip past the NBA a little bit. You know, we're talking about playoffs. Let's have some conversation about the MVP, man. I know there was some things said that uh, may ruffled a bit of feathers here and there. So, uh, <laughs> what you think about that? I don't know, man. I, I, Kendrick Perkins, you talk about obviously. Yeah. You know, I, I've never seen Stephen A. Smith come out so adamantly in favor of the Nuggets. I've never seen, uh, you know, so many uh, national media members kind of like, "Hey, hold on a second, what the hell are you saying?" And it's true. I mean, Kendrick came out and was just, you know, saying that Jokic was stat padding, and just ever since they found out that he was hovering around nine assists, that you know they start shooting the ball crazy and trying to. And, and, and I'm like, yeah. Trying to win? <laughs> like, trying to Thank win? You. Are you kidding me? It's the freaking NBA. Like, we don't go out there to just 
try to lose games. And part of winning basketball games is moving the ball around, ball movement, scoring the basket, penetrating, rebounding. That's the game you of basketball. You know what drives me nuts is he said he's stat padding. But yet his his guys around him are nailing the shots that he's assisting on. So is he making his teammates better around him, or is he stat padding? Yeah, I think and it's I think it's the, the the first. And bro, he isn't a he isn't one of these high school coaches out there watching his players film, giving them an extra tackle or two just because they were around <laughs> the ball. Come on, get over yourself, dog. Like this dude is out there competing, playing basketball, like. What else are we gonna talk about, dude? It got so weird because like he went he went to a degree where it almost got racial without getting racial, and like it was almost like he's getting this love because he's a white dude. And I'm like, quite the opposite. Like yeah. I feel like he gets attacked in the NBA. Like let's be real, there hasn't been there's very few respected European or very few players that were European that got respected. They had to go out there and get that respect, right? Mm-hmm. Nowitzki, you know, now Nikola Doncic, like. I don't see how that argument holds up either, you know. And I just think it was a dumb take by Perkins. He says some he says some wild shit to, to to maybe go viral or something like that. It seems like that's what kind of the, those shows are all about, like the first take shows and things like that. It, it, it's like how can I say something super outlandish to get people like you know tweeting about it or or, or, or posting on Instagram about it because you know then you're gonna have the 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 sound clip of it and all that. I think it's just stupid. I think, I think it's dumb at this point. Um, I think he's a bona fide hater. Like, come yeah. on, bro. You're just out there hating for no apparent reason. Just to say some old stupid shit. You make yourself look stupid when you say something like that. Like that's a bona fide hater, bro. I, you, there's no way, other way to put it, but you're a hater. Did you see what Mike Malone, uh, said about it? <laughs> he was like, uh, I think he said something to the to effect of like you know maybe they're just tired of seeing this this awkward um, you know not your typical Clum- you know clumsy yeah. basketball player whoop their ass every day yeah <laughs> you that's know that's what it is bro he's out there just doing his thing let that man live and and in all honesty like if he gets another MVP then so be it he deserves it but you're just hating and and honestly put. Pushing and propelling him more to get in that instead of you should instead of hating you should be focusing on trying to pick up the other dudes that are still contesting for the MVP because there's still a race yep. like let's keep it real there's still a race and anything can still happen but instead of picking up some of the other candidates you're just trying to tear down one man like that's hatred bro so in their their matchup that they beat the uh, Clippers in overtime Nugget uh, Jokic had 40 points 17 rebounds 10 assists shooting t- uh, 12 for 21 right after the game Malone said if you're looking for a super athlete to win MVP he's not your candidate if you're looking for a great player that impacts winning in every possible way and whose team is the first place in the Western Conference then he's your man and, and that's exactly what MVP is. Dude, that, it is. You want a guy that changes your game, changes the game, raises all boats, right? Gets all your guys on, on, on the same page. I mean, dude, what else what more do you want? And that's no knock on Embiid. And that's no knock on Giannis because, honestly, both of them guys are super deserving. They're really deserving of MVP. But And let's keep it real. It's not. It's MVP. It's not MVS. 
It's not most valuable superstar. Yeah. Not most valuable scorer. It's the yeah. most valuable player. Yeah. Who brings the most value to their team in this team sport yeah. setting? And in my opinion, and I said it before when we discussed this, two of the guys, in my opinion, who have the most value to their team is Jokic and Luka, yep. in my opinion. You know, and Kendrick went down this this path where um, – you know, he he said a lot of dumb a lot of dumb things about Jokic and about not being the MVP. But what he didn't what he didn't mention is the fact that you know he's doing all this on an amazing level never seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he talks about um, they, they talked about the Nuggets um, padding Jokic's stats and whatnot, and that's cool. Whatever you can you can talk about that. But they also talked about the, the triple double being watered down. And I'm like, wait a minute, though. Yeah, you know, I, I get what Westbrook did. And Westbrook was, like, snatching rebounds from his teammates and was doing all this crazy stuff to try to make sure he got his triple-double. Mm-hmm. There has never, I repeat, never been a center to win the, the – the, have a triple-double for the season, to average a triple-double for the season. Yeah. He's already got the most triple-doubles from any center in NBA history. Like, he's, like, five away from LeBron and, like, six away from um, uh, Jason Kidd. Like, dude, he, it's ridiculous what he does on a night out and night a night in night out basis. And to to rob him of that, and to say that he's stat padding or he's undeserving of three peating because he hasn't won a championship. Yeah, that's just that's just bad journalism. Yeah, man, and I just really I'm getting over the whole. You know, we have to talk about something being in media, bro, but I am getting over the fact that whenever anybody is being successful in a sport. Instead of complimenting that player, you know, we take it personal and we choose to hate. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like LeBron gets it, Tom Brady got it. You know what I mean? And 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 now the Joker's getting it. And it's just unfair, man. Like give him his credit when it's credit's due. Appreciate you know? greatness. Yeah, like give the flowers when yeah. they're here to smell them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's just it's getting overwhelming a little bit you know well then i I think think it taints your historical view on them players like if if you have a salty taste in your mouth about a player 10 years down the road when you're comparing them to the new age of players you're like oh that guy sucked or you know how many people are going to be like oh this guy was way better than lebron james like no and it's not true you know so I, i agree with what you're saying on that bro um before we move on let me give a big shout out to Icon Sales and Icon Boxing. If you listened to the last episode, you heard Mario Carrillo on here talking about his amazing company and Icon Sales located here in Westminster off of 74th and Federal. Got quality, quality furniture, PS5s, Apple, anything you need, man, to furnish your house or the, the TVs to hang on your wall, whatever you're trying to do, watch, trying to watch the NCAA tournament coming up and you need a new TV, man, make sure you hit up Icon. You're trying to get the bedroom right, you know, matching matching sets and all that good stuff, hit up Icon Sales, man. They, they got something for you over there. They service the entire state. Um, they, they'll, they'll do what they got to do to get your product in your truck and they'll deliver it if they have to. Um, hit up Icon Sales. Make sure you visit them. Also, Icon Boxing. Great program. They're doing a lot of great things. Golden Gloves starting up this week. They're going to have some fighters at Golden Gloves fighting. But if you're somebody that just wants to get in shape, wants to work and train, maybe you like boxing, it's a great opportunity. They do adult classes. They do youth classes. Go check them out. Icon Sales and Icon Boxing, 74th Federal in Westminster. Check them out, man. 
So great, great people, great business. Dom, we're gonna transition into boxing. We're gonna transition to some fighting real quick, man. Okay. Being that we just come off of that, um, guess what? It's done. It's official. Yeah. Tank and Garcia. It's going down. April twenty second. We're not gonna get bamboozled. We're not gonna get okie doke like we did with Spence and Crawford. The deal is signed. Showtime pay per view. And boys are fighting. Yes, sir. Who Pre- do you got? Ooh, press conference is March 8th and 9th. Just <laughs> add that out there. Um, who do I got? Right, right? now. I know it's gonna change. Oh, bro. I've been on a little a little bit of a a little bit of a streak. I don't know if you've noticed that. I mean, we, you know, we won't I've, talk about your Super Bowl prediction. but Well, we could even talk about the week before <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Where I've picked the, the team where everybody thought was not going to win. You know, I rode with true. the Chiefs two weeks in a row. They thought they were going to lose to the Bengals. You know, then they thought they were going to lose the Super Bowl, and I had to predict that <laughs> to a T. Um, so I'm going to predict this to a T. Okay. I think it's going to be... An extremely good fight. Everybody thinks Tank's going to go in there and win. I think Ryan Garcia is going to win by knockout. Oh, really? In the fourth round. Really? Mark it right now. March 5th, 9. Oh, wait. Yeah. Right now we're recording March 5th. (laughs) We're going to release it at a different time. But listen. It'll release today, so March 5th. Mark my words. Garcia by knockout. Garcia by knockout in the fourth round. In the fourth round. In the fourth round. Oh, my. Specific. Um, I can see that. And I'm actually not going to disagree with you on who's going to win. As much as I want to take tank in this fight, um, I think the momentum is building for Garcia to win this fight. Mm -hmm. I think tank's got some things going on outside of boxing. Um, that are going to be that could pose as a distraction in his training and everything else. Um, you know, I don't know if you've if you noticed, but he just uh, he just um, he just pled to some charges. I think yeah. in Florida, yeah, and then he's got some other charges pending against him as well. Um, I think the ones that he just pled to is going that might give him a little bit of jail time, maybe like a month or something up in the box in May. But um, you know, I think with all that going on around. It, it, it's hard to to be focused and to be to be laser on. He he scored the knockout in his last fight, but he also got touched a little bit, a little bit more often than usual. And I think, uh, like I mentioned, I think Garcia's got some momentum coming into this fight that can't be argued. And I think this might be um, the stage for Garcia to to win this fight. I'm not going to go as crazy as you and say fourth round knockout. Um, but I won't be surprised to see this fight end early, and I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Davis getting knocked out. Yeah, I don't think anybody talks enough about Ryan's power. You know what I mean? Like, dude has some power, bro, and they both do. They're both great fighters. You know, you got Davis at twenty eight and zero with twenty six knockouts, yeah. and you got Ryan at twenty three and zero with nineteen knockouts. Yep. So these guys are known to put people on the canvas. They're great fighters. They're competitive. These are the best two fighters out right now. Yeah, this is what boxing is made for. This is the fights we should be getting. Yeah, this is exactly what we should be seeing. So it's going to be a great fight. Whoever wins, I'm sure we're all going to be pleased with it, but I'm sticking to my 
my guess, and and I'm sticking to a fourth round knockout for Garcia. I definitely like you mentioned it. The way these guys both are aggressive and they throw, and they're not afraid to throw, not afraid to get hit, not afraid to brawl. Um, someone's getting knocked. Someone's out. getting knocked out for sure. It yeah. reminds me of remember Mark Henry's out. Uh, someone's uh, someone's gonna get their ass kicked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Someone's definitely getting knocked out in this one, uh, dude. I I wouldn't be surprised to see both both fellas hit the canvas. At least once. That'll be great. Um, I do think, uh, like I said, I think the distraction is going to be a little much for Tank to to overcome, and I see Garcia winning. But you know, as as the fight gets closer, we can we can we will definitely dive down a little more into it. The question I have is: Does this give hope for a fight like Spence and Crawford, being no. that these boys were able to come you know come together different promotions? Still a hope, huh? No. I mean, as of right now, bro, I'm done, like, really even entertaining the thought of it because, to me, they've already allowed promotion to get in the way of fighting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and I don't know if they're going to ever figure it out because they're they're still not really even close to being on the same page, in my opinion. And, and – it's a shame because that's the fight everybody wants to see even more than Tank and Garcia, yeah. in all honesty. But I just don't know if I'm ever going to see it. And I'd rather talk about it when, when it happens instead of continuously giving clout to something that's not going to be there. You know what I mean? But it should happen. It better happen. So a question then, um, regardless of how this one ends, do you um, – Envision maybe I don't know maybe Spence or Crawford fighting the winner out of this fight, meeting up at a catch weight, doing something like that. I mean, they're not far off in terms of, of of weight class. I mean, you know, they're they're all right there. Is that something that maybe might be able to get get passed through a little bit easier than like a Spence Crawford? Maybe you know Spence coming to fight in the winner of this fight, or you know, you know what I mean? Like, no, I I do think this fight puts pressure on Spence and Crawford, right? Like, this is the the example. Like, they're doing it, so we have to do it. Like, they're gonna make a lot of money, so we're gonna want to make a lot of money and put on a great show for people. And I know Garcia said this is and the only fight and there won't be a rematch but i'm kind of hoping he goes back on that yeah i didn't know i didn't understand that you man. know what i mean because because i think i think honestly if he wins wouldn't he be obligated to give davis a rematch and if he loses don't you want that get back I, I like, just don't get if, why you would want to like close the door on that right away I like mean, what if what if garcia loses by decision and he feels he won. Right. You're not going to want to get that back. Yes, you are, bro. Like, I hope he changes his mind on that because I think the fight number two is going to just be, if not more anticipated, it's going to be just as anticipated as the first one. And and I hope that Garcia changes his mind in that aspect. But I do think that this is putting the pressure on Spence and Croft to say, we got to get it done. You know, uh, a great matchup for either one of these fellas you know, the winner of this matchup between Dave, uh, Davis and Garcia. You know, you've got Haney sitting there atop of the, atop of the uh, the uh, lightweight division. You've got uh, Lomachenko there. You know, I think either it sets up for, for some good fights down the road. So I can see why Garcia is like, yo, we're not doing a rematch. Maybe he's got bigger, you know, ambitions for a bigger fight coming up, you know. I, I, I don't understand why he would say no rematch. I just kind of, why close your door to some money? You know, what is boxing famous for? Yeah. Trilogies, dude. 
Like, especially if this fight's a banger, you know, and, and, and someone goes out on their ass. Like, man, you can't close the door on that kind of money because it's just too much opportunity to to uh, to make something happen. Um, and speaking of closing doors, do you think uh, you think a door was slammed shut on Jake Paul's boxing career? You know, I I don't know, man. I mean, he is zero one against legitimate boxers, right? He's won all the other fights that he's fought, but against a real boxer. An actual boxer, he's 0-1. Fury touched him up, too. Um, and Fury controlled the fight. Yeah. You know, and he got like, dropped I at mean, the end there, but... I think... But that's that shows how much he controlled it, right? Yeah. He caught that punch, got knocked down, and still won the fight. Yeah. Like, yeah. that means he was points ahead. Yeah. And it didn't look like the punch hurt him. It, it didn't did. look like it caught him it off guard. It was just one of those backups. Yeah. And yeah, you see that a lot in boxing. Yeah, and you know, it. I think a lot of people are going to try to run Jake Paul into the mud on this one. Um and and say you know he shouldn't be around no more this is proof that he's not a fighter and this and that but he this, earned the respect of his opponent in my opinion yeah and and there's already talks about a rematch between them i know i know the other paul came out and said he wants to fight fury now but you know i think jake paul jake paul is going to get his rematch um and i think it's about time that there's a little bit of respect put on his name especially if his opponent the guy he was in the ring with you know, give him the respect. Well, I think that's the frustrating part. I think people were just sitting here waiting for this moment, waiting yeah. for Jake Paul to lose. It's what they used to do with with Floyd, waiting mm -hmm. for Floyd to lose. And I think it's unfair. You know, yeah. uh, I, I do think Jake Paul has earned the respect of some of the folks in the community. Uh, yeah, it seemed like on, on social media, in his loss, he took a lot of a lot of people were like, oh, I mean, I've seen it. Oh, Jake Paul's really a fighter. Jake yeah. Paul's really a boxer. Yeah. I think he did gain some respect in that, in that aspect. I think maybe he should continue targeting boxers. Yeah, you know, even if they're even if they're not like highly ranked right now, you know. And, and I, I get the idea of, of wanting to put a good card together so you can you can sell it. But I think Jake Paul has done enough in terms of his brand to get that pay per view sold. You know what I mean? And so maybe this isn't the end maybe this is the beginning of a new path on how to get there uh i know they're talking about wanting to run it back again and you you mentioned logan yeah. I think logan just need to go ahead and go do wrestlemania yeah. and get in that thing because that seems like that's his life he, he's a star there I yeah think. you know and i think this might be a crossroad for jake paul right yeah. do you want to be the guy who's booking all the big fights making all about all the money you know do you want right. to be a promoter right or do you want to be a fighter and this is those crossroads for him because right now you can take that left and and be the promoter. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And go chase your bag because you've been doing a great job at that. Yeah, definitely. Or you can say, you know what? I got my foot in the door now with this fight, even though it was a loss. And now I'm going to humble myself a little bit and fight legitimate fighters that I could compete with and yeah. climb the ranks in boxing because that's what I want to do. And earn that and earn and, that respect even more. Yeah. You know so, what I mean? So I think he's at a crossroad for sure. Um, I've seen some other things interesting while looking at this as far as boxing. Um, Pacquiao's back in training. I don't know <laughs> God, if you've seen no, that. No, for real. But, uh, yeah, but flowers, man. Flowers being given. Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson, you know, he's always getting compared to George Foreman. Mm -hmm. Who's the hardest hitter? Who's the hardest puncher? And Tyson came out and gave his flowers to George Foreman. 
right? Tyson said that George Foreman is the heaviest puncher. I could never match somebody's power who is that big. Yeah. Like, that dude's just massive, bro. Like, I'm a... I'm who I am. I'm Mike Tyson. I'm Iron Mike. Yeah. I punch hard. Yeah. But I can never match the the overall punch power of a George Foreman. Yeah, you think Foreman's punch power is probably on a level of like a nine or ten out of you know, and Tyson's is probably like a seven or eight. But yep. you know what Tyson had that Foreman never had is just that snap. Yeah. Snap firecracker. Yeah. And that speed. You know, um, it's funny that you bring up Tyson. I seen this uh, this picture. They put a side by side picture of Muhammad Ali at 13 years old and Mike Tyson at 13 years old. And Muhammad Ali looked like a kid. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, you know, he's got he got some definition. He's cut, but he looks like a kid. Mike Tyson looked like a goddamn adult, dude. Yeah. Mike Tyson looked like he hated life for like 15 years already at that in that picture, bro. <laughs> like, like he looked like a, a grown man, dude. And then you go back and watch his fights. Uh, you know, through through amateurs and through his early years in, in, as a pro, and he's he, he's a kid fighting these grown men, dude. Yeah, so. hey, that's funny because we were at the wrestling tournament this weekend, and uh, in wrestling, sometimes you know, if there's nobody in your bracket, you may be bumped to a different weight class right. and things like that. So uh, shout out to Ice, um, Coach Zach's son, man. But he was uh, he was bumped up to a heavier bracket, and these boys were heavy, bro. Oh yeah, and big. And there was one kid who was just solid, a solid little Mike Tyson esque <laughs> looking ball jumper, and and he took care of business on ice pretty convincingly, right? But ice, you know, he took it like a champ. He was in there banging, but afterwards. He was like, oh, that dude looked like he was about to jump in his car and drive from south home <laughs> type grown. And so that was just funny that we you brought up Mike Tyson looking grown at 13 because this kid definitely was that image when you were saying that. I remember we played Grand Junction Central my freshman year in high school. And I remember the the running joke from that, that game being, how old are these motherfuckers? Because yeah. <laughs> they came out more burly than me, bro. They, they just looked like grown-ass men on the football field and – you know, you just sometimes you wonder, it's like, good God, man, where did, what, what the hell's going on here? They've been feeding you. Hey, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about two, UFC 285. Yeah. Um, I know I want to touch back on that before we move on to the next topic that's going to have me wanting to fight some people. <laughs> um, but, you know, like I said, I can't speak too much on it, man. I was asleep before anything even got <laughs> popping. I was looking forward to the John Jones fight and the ladies fight, the co-main and the main event. I was really looking forward to both of those and woke up to some highlights. And, you know, I was pretty impressed with what I seen. And and it's actually the outcome that I was hoping for in both fights. So, um, and I'll let you touch base on. I definitely stood up and watched it. I definitely stood up and watched it. Since you um, watched it, amazing fights, bro. They were they were the whole card was pretty good. Um, definitely some really 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 good fights. I think uh, what happened with um, what happened with the ladies and Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko was was kind of amazing. Uh, yeah. Grasso came out the aggressor in the first round, and and I thought took the first round pretty handedly. Uh, Shevchenko made the the adjustments and started just taking her to the ground every time she'd come in aggressive. She'd come in super aggressive with some punches, and Shevchenko would just boom take her to the ground. And and kudos to Grasso because 
It looked rough. There's a couple of times where Shevchenko got her to the ground about, about ready to put her in a crucifix, and she worked her way out of it. She mm-hmm. didn't have very good takedown defense, but when she did get taken down, she didn't allow Shevchenko to control her on the ground as much, yeah. and she was able to break free probably a little bit sooner than Shevchenko would have wanted. Um, that first round, I think, went to, to Shevchenko, and then I think the next two rounds uh, were working in her favor, and, you know, fourth round starts um, – Shevchenko does this. Uh, she, I don't know if you've watched her fight. She does a lot of spinning punches, spinning kicks, you know, and she lands them a lot. She, I mean, she's dangerous with them, spinning elbows. And mm-hmm. She went to go do this, like, spinning kick on Grasso and missed and kind of, like, throw herself right into Grasso's torso. Mm-hmm. And Grasso immediately just jumped on her back, sunk the double hooks in, in the legs, and got that choke. And it was on her chin. It wasn't even in, under her chin. And, like, she just started squeezing, bro. And it was like it was did, like watching a python. Did you see the picture of afterwards, the still picture? Yeah, like the white. So Vita sent me the picture just now. And you can see the white. Like, if you're pressing somebody's yes. skin and it leaves that white impression. Yes. You can see the white impression on her chin and then everything Above that was about as red as a tomato, bro. So she was squeezing. Dude, so she was squeezing for a good 10, 15 seconds, like just trying to work it, work it, work it. And finally she worked it good enough. And you can see Shevchenko, she was so, like, she was pissed in in the way she tapped. She, like, tapped real hard on the leg, like, yeah, I quit. And, you know, she knew she screwed up. Yeah. Like she knew she got she left herself vulnerable, and then you could just see the disgust in her face when she had to tap because I think she would have went night night if she wouldn't have tapped. Eventually, she would have went night night because it, it, just the way that Grasso had that thing locked in there. And shout out to Grasso, you know she's the third Mexican born fighter that's to win a title, but tough. the first Mexican born woman to win a title. Hey, shout out to that complete dude, complete upset. You know, shocked the world. I think she was like a twenty five to one. Uh, underdog to win by by submission, um, it, it, it was just a really real surprise, and it was a great fight. My opinion, probably fight of the night. Um, the and fight before that with Neil and, and Ramonov, uh, Rachmaninoff, uh, probably could have went fight of the night. Uh, that was a really good fight, but it was, dude, it was just, you know, it's 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 that opportunity. It's it's like when uh, it, it's like when uh, when. Um, God, why am I dripping on his name now? Um, anyway, it's it's like one of the moments dude, where you're not expecting this person's down against it last round, or it wasn't last round, but towards the end of the fight, and she just pulled it out. Yeah, because I'm looking at the fight stats right now, bro, and she was losing the fight. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, she won that first round and then was getting dominated. 167 to two, uh, 167 of 228 strikes landed for Shevchenko. 73.2% while Grosso was at 59%. Significant strikes. Grosso was at 32.6%. Shevchenko was at 60%. Takedown 66.7% for Shevchenko. 0% yeah. effective for Grosso. Yeah. And, you know, that just that speaks volumes to you're never out of it. You yeah. know what I mean? You're always in the thick of it. If you stay determined and and composed during those tough times in a fight, you can go from losing the fight to winning the fight in a split second, and that's what happens. Well, and the fight that it reminded me of was at Leon Edwards, uh, Kamara Usman, yeah. where Edwards is getting dominated 
gets to the last round and just lands a kick and it puts him out, right? That's the one I blanked on right there. And that's what exactly what it reminded me of because they got to the fourth round. You know, to have the confidence that Grasso had to continue to fight like she was fighting, like she was still in it, is, is amazing because sometimes when you're getting dominated like that, you kind of – and there were some small things she could take. Like she was able to get up off the ground a couple of times when she was taken down, but her takedown defense was horrible. Like it, it just wasn't good, and she was getting out – starting to be get outclassed by Shevchenko, and to find that, that other switch and all of a sudden find yourself – Winning the fight was just amazing. Yeah, and speaking, I'm glad you brought that fight up because UFC 286 has just weeks. been announced, and Leon Edwards and and Usman running it back March 18th. Yeah, so you know it's it's going down. Justin Gatte's on that. The, the, the Gaethje, the UFC Gatte, <laughs> <laughs> the UFC dude. The UFC is just bringing up these fights, fights back to back to back to back. It's crazy, and it and and they're never like. Lackluster, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like they're always good fights. You may not even some people, if you're not familiar, you may not know the name. But if you turn it on and you watch it, there it's excitement yeah. packed, bro. Like the UFC brings that excitement that everybody wants to see. And the the, the main event, like if you blinked, you missed it. Like you know, <laughs> John Bones Jones after three years He's came back. in and made it look like, dude, it's easy it's an understatement how easy he made it look. Like he caught Cyril gone against the cage. And started trying to work that choke. And I don't even think he had it locked in the right way, dude. But he put so much pressure on that dude's throat and neck that he tapped. And, I mean, like, you know, two minutes and four seconds of the first round. three, Not even a full three minutes into the fight, and it was done. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a good fight. Good to see Jones back. He wants uh, Stipo Michech. So we'll see. See if he gets the greatest heavyweight of all time. He looked, uh, I was telling you beforehand, he looked like the uh, the neighborhood uncle. You know, he had a little, he was thick. He wasn't like cut. You know what I mean? He had that little belly. He looked like he had shoulders and arms, but, you know, not too much. And, you know, he came in there and was, was was John Bones Jones. He was the GOAT. He was the best of all time at, at doing this, and he flexed that, bro. It was such a great fight. Yeah, that's crazy, man. And, and shout out to him for, for making that comeback, and, and everybody never wants to fight that uncle. Yeah. That uncle. I seen that uncle leave <laughs> some of a weekend, <laughs> so you better be careful playing with that uncle. Yo, hey, man, man you mentioned the Usman fight coming up, and we'll, get, we'll, we'll preview that when that comes. But I want to get to fighting with you on some things. Okay. And I, I know you're feisty about this list. We've kind of went over it a little bit before we started recording. And we're like, well, who, how the hell is this person here and this person that? Um, this is kind of a little bit old in the news cycle. You know how things work. But a couple weeks ago, Billboard put out a list of the best rappers of all time. And it had the, the top 50 rappers listed. Um, we can go through the list. Um, I'll break down the top 20 just to go through it quickly. Uh, starting from 20, you got Big Daddy Kane. 19 Missy Elliott, 18 Ice Cube, 17 is 50 Cent, 16 Scarface, 15 J. Cole, 14 Al Alcuje, 13 Rock Kim, 12 Andre 3000, 11 Kanye West, 10 Nicki Minaj, 9 Snoop Dogg, 8 Drake, 7 Lil Wayne, 6 uh, Notorious B.I.G., 5 Eminem, 4 Tupac, 3 Nas, 2 Kendrick, 1 Jay Z. How you feel about this list, dog? I just don't understand what the, <laughs> how they're grading this on. Like, 
what what is it is it strictly lyrics that we're talking about because if it's strictly lyrics then why is j cole so low yeah why was why was uh common so low why, why is was kanye is like 40 i think jd kiss is like 40 something bro like you got kanye barely cracking the top 10 yeah you so, got you got biggie outside of the top five so it says uh, in early 2003, Billboard 5 is ranking the top 50 rappers of all time as part of our salute to this year's golden anniversary of hip hop. The genre dates back to 1953 when DJ Kool first set up his two turntables to rock parties in the Bronx. Uh, the rollout began January 11th, revealed rappers ranked 5041. In determining these rankings, the Billboard and Vibe editorial teams opted first to limit the rap er- arena to North America. Um, so you won't see like Slick Rick. Uh, who was who was from you know he was a British rapper, um, said we also opted not to include significant contributions of reggaeton dancehall MCs on this list just to keep our pool of nominees a little more focused. From there, the teams took into account the following criteria, not in any particular order: body of work slash achievements, charted singles, albums, gold, platinum certifications, cultural impact slash influence, how the artist's work fostered the genre's evolution, uh, longevity, years on the mic, and then lyrics, storytelling skills, and flow uh, vocal prowess. As it is well known, GOAT and similar best lists always drew the share of criticism and praise from the industry opponents and public alike. So it took a lot of deliberation and deep discussion and reasons why we believe what we believe as far as the uh, top 50. Man, <laughs> and you only mentioned the top 20 earlier, Coach, and I was just scrolling through. And looked at the list, and I'm highly upset, especially when I hear the criteria. They got Jada Kiss at 46, bro. Mm-hmm. Get out of here with that. Jada Kiss is is probably everything that they mentioned in their criteria. He's top of every single one of those criterias, bro. Like he yeah. should be in the top ten of this list, in my opinion, hands down. Like. They got, you know, they did get some homage to cats that most most young folks won't know, and and I barely know, but I learned based off of like my love for hip hop. But like Melly Mel, he made the list, which is dope. You know, he came up with Grandmaster Flash back in the eighties and stuff. Uh, MC Light made the list, but it's almost like those were tokens. Jada Kiss forty six is How one is of the T. most I ridiculous. Over Jada Kiss? Yes, yes. How's Ice T over Jada Kiss? Exactly. Ice T's dope, but I mean, you know. Uh, I don't think he's over Jada Kiss. They put Bum B down in the in the in the 40s at 43. Red Man at 42. Like Method Man's at 25. Yeah, dude. E40 at 41. Like I get it. Like some of these guys aren't don't have the mainstream success that say Nicki Minaj or or Drake um, have. You pointed one out to me and it, it blew my mind. They have Gucci Man ranked over Ludacris. Yeah. Now that's ludicrous. That is ludicrous. <laughs> Man, they got KRS One down low, like twenty four, yeah. bro. Like, I mean, you can't talk impact of hip hop and not mention KRS. You can't. Uh, most Def at thirty six. You can't talk hip hop and have Most Def at thirty six. Like it's it's wild, man. How do you and and and, and riddle me this? How do you rank Missy Elliott at nineteen, but you have Queen Latifah at forty forty two or something like that? 
44? Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me either, man. Like, 44. 44. And, like, and I get Missy sold more records probably, right? But Queen Latifah crossed over into acting. Like but, she did a lot of different stuff that, it, that hip-hop brought to her. And she was impactful, influential, what her message she was spreading. But, yeah, Missy sold a lot, but where's Kim? You know what blows my mind? This is what just blows my mind. Dr. Dre's number 40. And you think about Dr. Dre, you think about NWA, you think about Snoop Dogg, you think about Death Row Records, you think about, um, you know, Aftermath, you think about Eminem, you think about 50 Cent. You know, these guys are all on that on that top 10 list, top 15 list, and you wouldn't have known about them if it wasn't Dr. Dre. You know what I mean? And he's... I get it. As a rapper, maybe he's not the most lyricist and he didn't write a lot of his lyrics. You know, a lot of times, you know, he had other folks write for him. But the impact, if you're talking about impact on the game, you're talking about impact on the culture. How can you have any more big impact than, than Dr. Dre has had, especially in the 90s, man, in the golden era of hip hop? There, it's hard to argue there's been more people that have had bigger influence than Dr. Dre. And to have people like Busta Rhymes, T.I., um, Lil' Kim, you know, in front of them, in front of Dre, it makes it hard for me, man. I think I think this this billboard is starting to become more biased as as we get through the some of these lists, man. Like, don't get me wrong, Hove is is the greatest, if one of the greatest, if not the greatest. I ain't gonna argue the fact that yeah. he's put at number one, right? But sometimes I feel like. Because of what he's done in entertainment, period, yeah, yeah. he gets a lot of the love yeah. on some of these lists because when it's big influence, yeah, it is a big influence. But you're taking down some people, man that that, in my opinion, should be higher. Like I look at the top three of this. You got you got Hove, Kendrick, and Nas, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I don't know that that's my top three list. I don't put. I don't. That's not my top three. Let me ask you a question. And I'm not going to give you their, their number, but Big Pun or Redman, who who do you think has been more impactful? Who's had a bigger Ooh. career? Because like in terms of longevity, there's no doubt that Redman's been around long. That's been doing it better and longer for a longer period of time. Pun was dope, but he did die early. He did die early, but. I found Pun's rhyme book. How much of so are we going to factor Fat? Jo <laughs> how much of Fat Joe's <laughs> career does should so, Pun really so have should credit say for? Pun slash Fat Joe, and maybe he should be moved up. Yeah, because yeah. he made that impact on another superstar yeah. that, that much. You know what I mean? Can yeah. Can Redman say that one of the members from the Wu is who they are strictly because of him? Well, Redman Red won won Wu Tang though. Well, Death Squad. Death but squad, but I feel what you're saying. But let me ask you a question, though. Has Big Pun ever been considered the best rapper in a single year? Like the best rapper alive for that year? Because some would argue Red Man, when he, when he dropped Muddy Waters, was the best rapper at that time. Yeah. No, listen, I don't want to take anything away from Red Man. Um, and I don't want to sound biased towards Pun just because. It's just I, hard, cause, right? Because Pun was, you know, I love Pun's music. Curtis Blow. Um, but. I I think for the sake of impact 
I think Redman should be above Pun. Yeah. To be honest, I think so too. You know and and saying, it's like, not against. I love them both, man. They're both two of my favorite artists. Like, I love Nas, but I don't think Nas should be in the top five. Right? Nas, not in terms of like. I don't think he's been culturally as impactful. Uh, as as some of the other artists below him, his if, lyrics are are solid, but I don't think he's had the same success in if, terms of records. If this isn't if this is about impact, then on hip hop and especially current hip hop, yeah, then how come Drake, Wayne, and Kanye West are outside the top five? Yeah, yeah, J Cole or Nas? J Cole. I'm I'm close too. Like I love Nas. Nas one of my favorite. J Cole is hard. J. Lyrically, J Cole is hard. He is, bro. Like he's different. Like no, I think they're very similar, kind of. But J Cole is to me J Cole over Nas. And then they got Kanye at eleven. At eleven, below Nicki. How? Below Drake. Below Wayne. How many? Let me ask you this: How many people in the top ten did Kanye produce? Yeah. I was just about to say he was the sound of a generation of hip hop, bro. If you if you count from late two thousand or early two thousand through two thousand ten, how many how many records this dude produced that were for, that were the sound of hip hop during that era? And 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 quite frankly, like Eminem is is had a huge impact, and I don't even want to talk about it because I always sound like I'm an Eminem hater. <laughs> I do because I love Eminem. Eminem hate. No, because I love M. Like no. I love M. I think he's dope. He's great. But has he truly made more of an impact than some of these people behind him? He brought in the suburbs. He brought in the suburbs. That's what that's that's what gets you to number five. No, I'm saying in terms of impact and hip hop, like did he not bring hip hop to places where it hadn't been before? Drake brought us Canada. Exactly. That's why he belongs on this list pretty highly. In terms of just influence, right? Like he definitely in in, in our mailbag question later on kind of kind of ties into a lot of what we're talking about here in, in terms of influence. But it is it is a it is a relative uh question because you know I think Eminem brought in the white kid, you know, from the Burbs that normally, you know, got ostracized for listening to hip hop, got turned vanilla ice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that can't be denied at all, you know, and I think, uh, like you said, Drake bringing in not only Canada, but like Drake brought in a, a whole ushered in a whole different sound to hip hop, you know, during his era. Yeah. You know, when Drake came out and he signed it, you know, people started doing that thing. So, you know, it, it's hard to like truly define what a person's impact on the game is. Uh, Outcast, man. Andre 3000, number 12. Big Boy, like... Is Big Boy even on the list? I don't recall seeing him, but I think he was down near the bottom. I mean, I wouldn't argue with, with him being lower. No, because Andre used to do a lot of the... Yeah. But, like... And, like, and, but how does how does Outcast only, you know, have such such low representation when they're one of the most influential, influential groups from the South? Yeah, and so Young Money gets no respect either, really, if you think about it. They got Wayne at 7, Drake at 8, and then Nicki at 10. Yeah. Those three have made a huge hit. I see why Nicki is far up on this list. Yeah, she brought in, I mean, she brought in another group too. She did, but does, I guess just because she was the first to do it is why she brings in so much impact, because then you talk about Cardi. 
The first? What do you mean the first? Well, the first in this new generation, right? Yeah, like, okay. She's the first Barbie doll rapper, right? right? She's the Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, like, yeah. out of all that, John, like, you got you got Cardi. I would argue Kim was. Yeah, Kim was. To us, Kim <laughs> Kim was. and Foxy Brown? Kim, they were, for sure. Because, but, like, if you think about the lady rappers back then, like the MC Lights, the Queen Latifahs, they weren't, like, Lauryn right. Hills, they weren't on this, I'm, I'm sexy, like, right. let me use my sex appeal type stuff to, to push my lyrics either. And I'm sure if you talk to Nikki or Cardi or Megan or any of them, they'll give homage to I Kim think so. and Foxy. Yeah, I think so. So you're totally right in that. And and speaking of, do you see Foxy? No, on this I, list? I was just thinking that same, same thing. Like Foxy was dope, man. You don't see Foxy Brown on this list, man. And J Cole at 15, like I I think a lot of people in today's hip hop would argue Kendrick and J Cole a little bit. There's I mean, certain I think people. in my opinion, like if if, if I think two's a little high for Kendrick. And I think, I think honestly, I, in my opinion, you could flip flop Kendrick and J Cole in this list, and I wouldn't argue with you. You know why? You know why I think uh, uh, Kendrick is gonna get so much love on this list. Black Panther. That song, bro, was getting on that soundtrack. That's true. Is impactful. So I can see why that brings him the light that he's getting and, and putting him at number two. Scarface is on here at number 16, which I felt like that's a good spot for Scarface. He's had some good songs. I think his impact on hip-hop has been bigger than, than maybe his music has been. You know, between the Ghetto Boys, um, you know, and then his solo career, he was kind of that, that he was that sound of, the, of Houston for the longest time. You know, before the South really started taking off, it was Scarface. It was rap a lot, right? So I think uh, I think he's, 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 uh, he's well-respected up there. LL Cool J, man, like, at 14 Let me ask you something Underrated Yeah Let me ask you something Yo As we go along Right We've been fans of hip hop For many years And for many years At the top of this list Is always two people Yep And solely two people At the top of all these lists However you want to Skin the cat It's always Tupac and Biggie Yeah And we're starting to see them Gradually dropping On all these lists Right Yeah Number four for Pac Number six for Biggie because time, yeah. With the more time that passes, do you think we're gonna start to see Biggie and Pac slide outside of the number ten number when we're talking about impact on on hip hop in general? Because there's so many new artists coming in, doing so many new things, taking hip hop to a whole different level. Them fellas have been dead for almost twenty five years now, and they're still on these lists. So that that, that makes me impact? that makes me think like no. To answer your question, I don't think they're going to start slipping anytime soon. Um, I think longevity is going to do something for people. But if you got a career like Kanye West and you can't rank them at or above Tupac or or Biggie, I'm already like no. Yeah. Like if we're if we're factoring all these things in in terms of like success with 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 how many platinum plaques you have and gold records you or gold plaques you have and whatnot, like music will stand the test of time. The one thing I say about Pac is Pac put out a catalog. That was so extensive that even after his death, he was really having albums released. You know, that's what puts him ahead of Biggie, in my opinion. I thought we, we talked about this a little bit. I think Biggie was a better lyricist at times than Tupac was. Um, but I think Pac was a better poet and a better, better a little bit better storyteller. And he just put so much out there that it helps him stay on that list ahead of Biggie. And, you know, I think longevity is what's going to hurt both of them fellas if they do slip off that list. If they do fall below the top 10, it's going to be because they didn't have the long career that somebody like J. Cole, J. Cole can creep up there 
above them eventually. Um, I think it's that that's that kind of thing that keeps them. Drake will will creep up above them eventually, and it's just because the opportunity for longevity. Let me ask you this: Fifty Cent at seventeen. It's a tough one, dude. Um, I think. Um, I think. I think. Did Fifty have an impact? I mean. 50 came out smoking on the game, right? Like, he, 50 had an impact in the fact that he ended careers. Yeah, but I, I think the thing that hurts 50 is he really doesn't put out any more albums. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think if you're talking about just his music. But Eminem. What about Eminem? I mean, what, I mean, he put out one or two albums in the last couple years, but other than that, it's been a long time. What's 50's last album? Was it Curtis? It's been a while. I don't even know, honestly. I would say, I would say, I would say top 20s is a comfortable spot for 50. I don't quite know. Like, I would put, man, I would put, here we go. Shit. <laughs> I'd put Ice Cube above 50, and he's not. Okay. I would put, um, I would probably put Method Man ahead of 50, just lyric-wise. I mean, he's done everything 50 has. He's acted. He's hit, you know, Black Thought. I mean, Black Thought, fucking Roots are on on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, dude. Like, how do you get more mainstream than that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he's one of the most underrated MCs there is in in, in hip-hop, you know. I, I I would argue folks like that. Um, I think I think 50's actually in a good spot, bro. I think 50's in a good spot because I would probably put him up a little higher. Just if it was me, just a nudge higher. Who do you replace in that in that top 15 or 16 in, in place of him? Replacing him? Yeah, like yeah. So if you're gonna bump 50 up, right? He's at what 16 right now. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna bump 50 up, who do you take out that spot? It sucks because I'd bump a few of these guys in the from 10 to 15 up. So it'll be different. The whole list will be different. I take Rock him out. You take Rock him out over fifty? Yeah. Um I think I think you I think I think I think that's fair. I think Rock him lyrically Rock him is dope. Um impact I think though? I think er, impact early on he was big. Yeah, but he just but, kinda he just kinda fade away, bro. But the he thing didn't. is, right, is impact early on is big, but Everybody can owe credit to to their predecessors yeah. before them. You know what I'm saying? So like, you got newer artists come in who give credit to the Al Al's, the Rock Hims, the Curtis Blow, the you know all the, the KRS ones and and all the greats. And then you got newer guys that are coming in now who are giving credits to the Jay Z, yeah. the Nas, the Eminem's, the Fifty, the Biggies, the Pox. You know what I'm saying? And it's gonna gradually. Always have somebody's gonna have an impact on another sure. artist. You know what I'm Do saying? Do you put like, fifty above Al? <clears throat> Do you put fifty above uh, Scarface? I'm a real big Scarface fan. Do you put fifty above J Cole? I I put it, to me <laughs> I put J Cole in higher, obviously way higher. Yeah, so it wouldn't be a conversation. Got you. I think Nicki drops back a little bit. Outside I think the top I put 10. fifty before Nicki. I think I think Snoop honestly on impact, bro. Snoop got to probably be up there. Yeah, Snoop Snoop deserves to be um, up there pretty high. I bring back. I mean, Wayne deserves to be up there. Everybody deserves to be up there after that. So I guess other than Nicki, I drop Nicki back. I drop Rock Kim back. I leave everybody else. Would Nas, you put, would you put fifty in front of Nas? I think no. 
I think Nas would drop back on this list, but he wouldn't. I think 50. I think Nas would drop behind Tupac and Biggie on this list. Me too. In my opinion. And I love Nas, but Me I don't too. think his music has been as impactful as Tupac's or Biggie's. Honestly, I, honestly, when I'm looking at the top 15 of this, I don't think I would be mad at this list if number one, two, and three were Jay, Kendrick, Cole. Okay. Because then I would respect the list a little bit more and see, okay, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. You know what I mean? But... <clears throat> Man. It's tough And this is always A tough thing When you put these lists together And you know DNASportsDenver.com Forward slash Ask DNA Let us know what you think Because last time We had this discussion About you know About rapping About rappers And, and, and best rappers We had a lot of people Hit us up And say No 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 Y'all smoking This is this such Or hey you guys are wrong This is so and so And why they hate on Eminem And you know Jigga What You know So I I think I think it's definitely One of those things Where it's It's highly contested And it gets people talking Um, You think about All the All the MCs That were left off this list In the top 50 And you just There's so many people That end up Start coming to mind You know And you start mentioning Some of them And it's just like Oh wow this, This list is crazy Like you know there's so many different opinions on on, on, on on who can be up there and who, who shouldn't be up there and who should. And, you know, you can go on for days with it, bro. You know what makes me the maddest about this list? What's up? Is that they put E-40 at 41 and not 40. You should have just put him at 40, dog. You know what I mean? Like, why not just put him at 40? 40 water at 40. That would have hey, been epic. you want to talk about yeah. impact. E-40, yeah. in terms of the, the lingo, in mm-hmm. terms of the talk. Yo, there's nobody that that had as much impact on as E40 did on that on that vocab, man. Like that's it, one of my favorite things about E40. That's what makes him so creative, in, in, in my opinion. And and the dude's a tycoon, literally. Yeah. So Rick Ross made number fifty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, he'd be off the list. Yeah, definitely be off the list. I put. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, the, I I like Ross, but he wouldn't be on my top fifty. I mean, I think there's a lot of people on that list that I take completely off that list, honestly. I, I don't sure. know if I would – I honestly don't know if I could compile a top 50. Yeah, it'd be tough because then I, you start deleting people yeah, and put like people on. The last 25 are just going to be people that I respect. Yeah. So this conversation rolled us into another conversation for the mailbag. And, you know, we're talking about all these different artists and the things that they did over the time and how they how they, you know, got to be what they are. Um, who do you think has had the most impact on the culture of hip hop, and why? I think two people come to mind. The second person everybody's gonna hate me for. I'm gonna hear about it. <laughs> I don't even like the second person. I'm gonna say, but I'm gonna give you a reason why I'm gonna say they have a lot of impact. First person I think is of and should be on the list, in my opinion, maybe. Maybe number 50 Yeah I would replace um, it Master P Yeah I think Master P Is a pioneer Of the independent artist Yeah He taught everybody How to Pop your trunk And sell out a tape Yeah You know what I'm saying And and not depend on the labels and, and And create your own lane And create your own label And he's such an entrepreneur You know what I mean Like he's opened up So many different windows For artists that That if you just look at his blueprint, you'll be successful. Yeah. In my opinion, like P changed the game. I think artists were like trying to catch deals so often back then in the nineties, trying to get signed, trying to get signed, trying to get signed. And I think Master P was the one 
one of the first ones, and not the only one, because the boys in Texas have been doing it forever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he was one of the ones that took it to mainstream, took yeah. independent artistry to be in the mainstream. Like, hey, you know what? You don't have to. Uh, you don't have to get signed. Just, yeah. just you. You saw. You thought you saw ten thousand uh, records out your trunk. He said, "I'm not gonna be ripped off. I'm gonna rip you off, yep. right, Romeo?" So, I <laughs> damn, right, C murder. <laughs> damn, I just played cutthroat, cutthroat. Say, uh, but no, he, 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 it's hard to it's hard to argue his impact, bro. Yeah, no, it's hard to is. argue his impact. He inspired a lot of inspi- uh, uh, inspired Cash Money records. He inspired, uh, you know, Swisher House. He inspired mm-hmm. so many of these independent record labels that that blossomed and bloomed during that time. Um, you've got to give that man his respect. Uh, one I thought. When I thought, and it's it, it's kind of like you can't have one without the other, but Snoop and Dre together, yeah. kind of, kind of, kind of changed West Coast hip hop for a long time. You know, when when you know when Dre came out, he had, you know with you know he was with World Class Wrecking Crew, and then he went on to NWA, right, and and then transitioned from NWA, and that's when he found Snoop. And I feel like that that ninety two, ninety three, him and Snoop. You know, really changed where hip hop was going in terms of the West Coast hip hop, and and you can't argue that. You, you know, I put them together because Snoop did so much writing for Dre, but Dre did so much producing for Snoop. It became the sound of the West Coast. Yeah, you know what's what's unfair. I'm glad you said Snoop, and I and when we were looking at the list, we kind of briefly touched on his name a little bit, but it's unfair, man. Like, you know, I said that Jay gets a lot of credit for a lot of the things he did in entertainment in general right some can argue that snoop has had just as much impact as one of jay-z you know they're totally different artists but they both have great catalogs they both are uh, a sound of their of their demographic right of their coast yeah you know what i'm saying um they both transcended the game the 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 game of hip-hop and outside of hip-hop introduced Cooking, Martha yeah. Stewart, yeah. cannabis. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. What's what's a wilder pair than Snoop and Martha Stewart? Yeah, bro. Like, I think I think Jay Z and and Snoop probably longevity wise have had the most impact on hip hop than anybody else in the culture. Period. Snoop Dogg is hip hop's Willie Nelson. Yeah, I agree. He's man. like the most acceptable stoner you can find. In it. fact, Billboard that list should have Jay Z. And Snoop at number one. Now that I think about everything that you guys listed, those two should be at number one and two. Yeah. Because they had the most impact, bro. They've been here the longest, and they're still doing it, and they're still making an impact. Right. Like, they're old heads making an impact and are respected. Like, you know, some may say that later in Snoop's career, the the the, the quality of some of his stuff's kind of tanked a little bit. But Snoop is Snoop, bro. Like, Snoop's always been the one lacing up track, bro, doing something that everybody wants to hear and see. One other person that I would say um, large impact on hip-hop, and, you know, it's it's hard to, like, it's hard to bring it down to one person or one, but the the founder himself, DJ Cool Herc, mm. um, you know, to find a necessity to get your people together so they stay out of trouble in the streets and ain't doing dumb shit. Yeah. And to be like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this party and it's free and you can come down here and check this out and to get other DJs on board with doing the same thing, uh, Grandmaster Flashes and, and and such of the world, and to inspire people like Jam Master J, KRS One, Molly Ma, uh, Marley Mal, um, you know, it's hard not to go to the original. How many of today's artists do you think even know anything about where that hip-hop originated? 
I would say more than we think, but not as much as necessary. It doesn't show in the music. Mm-mm. No, it doesn't. And, and, and uh, like music's about creativity, and I get that in your own sound. But at some point, you got to pay some sort of homage to to well, who created it. Old right? hip hop, like old hip hop heads in performing, in performing. Excuse me. There's always the MC and the DJ. Yeah, they go hand in hand together. Yeah, and I don't know how much you. How See much that. influence the DJ has it, More times than not It's like MC and producer yep. Kind of going hand in hand together right And you know sometimes producers Do things on the wheels of steel behind the scenes Or whatever and, and you know they don't take on that DJ title but I think there's Something to be said about that I think the DJ Has a big effect on your on your live performance you, If you're rocking and you got a dope DJ some of my favorite shows we Ever did was my boy DJ Polly because he Was he was legit at, at, at doing what he did Man like he knew where to scratch he knew what we liked and man, it, it made the show go. And mm-hmm. I think uh, I, I, I seen Immortal Technique with DJ GI Joe, and that show was one of my favorite shows I've ever seen. You know, just because that DJ knew how to control the party. The DJ was the life source of the party, and that's why I say DJ Cool Herc because he is the life source of hip hop. I would be I would be interested to see a top fifty lyricists mm. of all time. That becomes a way different. It's a way different way conversation. Different list. Because a lot of those people that are on that top 50 list wouldn't even be mentioned. Yeah, Jada would be top 10, in my opinion. For sure. At least top 20. Cole would be up there. Yep, exactly. Exactly. Um, should I talk about my second person? Yeah, I, I've been, I just wanted to say, I wanted you to finish with that. <laughs> yeah. Man, this second person, right? Again, everybody's going to hate me for saying this, but when you think about today's world. Yes. Right? This person, I feel, introduced hip-hop. Not really introduced, Transcended the relationship between hip hop and social media and the influence of, that social media can have. Takashi Six Nine, he taught everybody how to be a clout chaser, yeah. turned into a hip hop star, yeah. right? He taught. You mean, yeah, he's not who he says he is, right? Everybody knows he's not who he says he is. He puts on this persona. But he still loved, you know, hate him or like him. Like that dude sold tons of records, made millions of dollars yeah, and opened up a lane for a lot of people who just love to rap, but ain't really about that life. I think he showed that you could have uh, social media stardom and translate that into a, a following that will push your career. Takashi is the, the Jake Paul of hip hop. That's a great comparison. He's the Jake that's Paul. That's a really good comparison. Bro. I mean, that's really what he did, right? He he created this um while rapping, he created this social media following, doing this outlandish crazy shit, you know, calling out these people, going to their neighborhoods, calling out these people, running with some doing some John Moran shit, rolling mm-hmm. with some wild ass people that maybe he shouldn't be rolling with, mm-hmm. you know, doing all this crazy stuff for clout, like you say, for social media clout, for a following. And that translates into to streams. That translates. He 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 did take, uh, and I'm, he's not the first one to do this, but he did take um, the the game at this current juncture with the technology to a different level in terms yeah. of you know doing shit for streams, doing shit for attention, so that it ends up on your page. 
you know, the same page that you're uploading your music to, you're uploading these outlandish ass videos and then you're following that and keeping it rolling. And that, and that, and that translates to numbers for what you're putting out there. So, you know, it, it, uh, just because somebody influences the culture doesn't mean it's a good influence or a bad influence. Right. That's the question. Like who's most influential. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a very, that's a very interesting one to point out because he did have a lot of influence on what some of these knuckleheads do now. Yeah. And you know, influence could be a bad and a good influence. So I hope everybody takes from his clout chasing ways and realizes that gets you in some, it could be real sticky real quick. If you get into those kind of situations, look at John Moran. Like, I was going to say, I think what people need to realize, and I think Jaws realizing this, hopefully he's realizing this now too, is everything you see on social media and on TV or hearing the music or in the movies isn't real. That's for sure. These people are artists. Mm. They do things in an art form. Yep. They aren't, they may have lived this life at some point in their life, but these people aren't pushing kilos. And if they are, they're getting caught. Yeah. You know, or they're getting snitched on. You know, I, I think the stuff that's going on with Young Thug, right? This isn't real life that you see these people post about all the time. Just because this dude posts about having stacks and stacks of cash, i.e., Takashi. Posting having all this cash doesn't mean he's caked up like that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just because folks do videos with these jewelry, with these gaudy jewelry on, hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar chains on, doesn't mean they own them chains. No, these cars are rented. These chains are rented. These houses are rented. It's costume jewelry too. Yeah, like you know, it's all about the image. What's the old saying? All that glitters is not gold. Yeah, it's all about the image, man. So be careful of who you're, who you're trying to be. Who you want to be like just be you at the end of the day we're here to be ourselves our individual selves and right. your life is what you make it not what anybody else has made it and not what anybody else has successfully done it's about what you do well said brother i think on that we'll we'll put a fork in this one hour and a half into this thing man yeah you know um before we get out of here though man as usual we want to shout out all the people that mess with us uh shout out to arsenal custom apparel Rebel Promotions, Black Sevens, uh, Shars Lash All Beauty, Janice's Catering, Denver North Junior Wrestling. Yo, shout out to Icon Sales and Icon Boxing. Yo, if you, if you fool with us, man, make sure you share our page, share our Instagram, share our website, dnasportsdenver.com. Help us out, get some views, some followings, man. Tell your people about us. Hey, shout out to Anytime Flood Restoration and shout out to Cutthroat Anglers and Barbers. Yes. Coach is actually going there today for a, a dope fly fisherman expo, believe coach it's, is what it's, it's it is. A class, it's like a class. Fly fishing class. I'm about to go about to go learn how to flip that fly out there so I can catch all these fish and outfish all my fellow anglers. <laughs> yeah, man. So shout out to Coach AJ and everything he's doing at at Cutthroat Anglers and Barbers, man. He's doing great things. And, and if you're in, in into fly fishing or want to get into fly fishing, make sure you check him out because he's going to have a lot more opportunities like this in the future. As usual, Dom, thank you, man. I appreciate you for, for everything, brother, and, and making this uh, the show super enjoyable. Um, until next time, man, that'll be when. I can't wait, brother. Yeah, me too, man. Likewise. Yo, follow us, subscribe. Love y'all. We out. Peace. Cheers out.